the diamond. I Empathy Museum presents A Mile in My Shoes. These shoes are a nice sturdy pair of men's size 7 shoes from Clark's. They're made of brown leather with a woven leather lattice on the front and they look like they might be worn by a teacher. These shoes belong to George. This is his story. My name's George Guy. I'm 63 years old. I live in Bonnyrigg, which is just outside Edinburgh, a lovely, friendly place. And I'm heavily involved in the sport of hockey. I used to work in the IT industry, and I thoroughly enjoyed doing that as well. But my my hobby is the one thing that's uh, kept me going for about 40 years: uh, playing, coaching, umpiring, and currently president of East District Youth Hockey, looking after over 6,000 children that play hockey. When I was first diagnosed with cancer, uh, it came as a major shock. I'd always been fit, healthy, very active, and hardly ever suffered from any kind of illness. My GP jokes about the fact that I had a file with him that was about two pages long. It's now a, a very large book. But originally um, I had trouble swallowing. Um, food was getting so far down and then stopping and I was having to drink a lot of water and on some occasions choking and, and being sick. And uh, eventually, you know, because being a man, I'm saying, no, I'm fine, don't need to go to a doctor. But eventually my wife talked me into going and uh, I made an appointment to see my doctor and uh, the surgery said, oh, sorry, uh, no doctor's available, but you can see a practice nurse. And I still think that was one of the best things that ever happened because my doctor at the time had been treating me for acid reflux and I think he would have he would have simply thought it was another symptom of the acid reflux and just increased my medicine that I took. But the practice nurse was very suspicious of um, the symptoms and decided that I should go for uh, an endoscope. Uh, and within 20 minutes of the endoscope having been performed, the doctor and nurse came to the waiting room and said, would you like to come into this little room? We need to have a chat with you. And that was the first inkling I had that something was wrong. And uh, they took me in and there was no beating about the bush. They simply said, look, we found a tumour in your esophagus and it's malignant. Uh, so from now on, things will happen fairly rapidly. And they did. Um, I took it at the time very you know, stoically. Um, but then I went out into my car, because I'd gone on my own, because I didn't think there would be anything wrong. And got out to the car park, 
um, got into my car and cried. And I still remember that. And I still get quite emotional about the fact that I was sitting in the car on my own, having just been given a death sentence. And that was the way I looked at it. Cancer equals death. And uh, I cried for myself and I cried for my family and friends. And it took me about half an hour before I was in any state to actually drive the car home. But I got there and then the next part was breaking it to my wife and kids. There was a period of 10 days where I had a series of tests and two scans, a CAT scan, a PET scan, and then eventually at the end of the 10 days we had a meeting with the surgeon who would be performing the operation. But um, that 10 days is probably the longest 10 days of my entire life because um, your imagination runs riot. Every emotion under the sun went through my mind um, in those 10 days. And then at the end of the 10 days, surgeon sat my wife and I down and said, look, we've located the tumour. There's only one. It's isolated. We think we can remove it and you'll have a very good chance of a full recovery. And from that moment on, my mindset just shifted and uh, I went into sportsman mode and to me it then just became, it was a project. It was, right, what do you need me to do? And the surgeon said, well, first of all, you're fit and healthy. He said, that's a big help. He said, because the operation we're proposing is actually a very large operation. So as you can imagine, at, I went into the operating theatre at 9.30 in the morning and woke up in ICU about 6.30 at night. Uh, so it was a long, long operation, a long day. During the recovery, uh, I was quite determined to do as much as I possibly could. And that also meant getting back to, to my sport. And uh, at the time we had uh, a big tournament for youth hockey, which was on uh, the end of November. And I was determined I was going. So my son drove me down, you know, and it was cold, so fully kitted out head to foot in warm gear and uh, made it to the to the stand to watch this tournament and uh, was delighted to be made very welcome by a lot of people within the hockey community who were all delighted to see me up and around again. And it was it was a big, big stage in my recovery because it's always been a big part of my life. And uh, that led on to me, um, within six weeks of being out, of actually coaching my under-18 girls district team to uh, an indoor uh, Scottish indoor tournament uh, which was done up in Stirling 
and uh, I was lucky in so much as the manager I had at the time was a former nurse and she basically nursed me through the tournament because uh, she knew that I would struggle energy-wise and in between games she took me to this darkened room and made me lie down you know, in order that I could get through the tournament because she says, I know that if I don't get you out of the way people will want to talk to you and you'll want to talk to them and you will end up exhausting yourself and you won't manage to get through the whole tournament. And she was right. Um, but that, again, that was a, a big part of my recovery and the, the hockey family, as we call them, played a massive part in it, obviously, as, along with my own family. Uh, and it was it was great because you do you feel part of this wider community. And it was round about that time I got uh, a random email from Macmillan to say that they were starting up a support group for survivors of cancer. And they said, would you like to be involved? And uh, I said, yeah, love to. Wasn't doing anything else, so I thought might as well become involved in it. And uh, this was a project called TCAT, uh, Transforming Care After Treatment. And uh, TCAT started not long after I came out of hospital. I came out in November, and I think the first TCAT meeting was March or April the following year. Gave me a reason to get out of the house, and it gave me uh, an interaction with people who'd been through the same things as I'd been through. And this sense of being alone and being the only one that felt a lot of the things I felt was suddenly gone. And the patients themselves actually helped shape the whole way forward for TCAT. I think what we ended up with something that was far more patient-centric and far more relevant to the needs of the patients themselves. Although that was probably the lowest time of my entire life, I feel as if it was a vital part of the journey. Having been given another chance, it was then up to me to make the very most of it. The advantages in uh, medicine uh, are such that the cancer I had less than 10 years ago had about a 90% chance of killing me. Um, and now that same cancer, if discovered early, has a 70% recovery rate which is quite phenomenal. And they reckon that with medical advances going the way they are, they're going to get to the point where less than 10% of people diagnosed with cancer will die from it. Cancer is no longer a death sentence. It's not easy. It's incredibly tough. And it'll be tougher not just you, but on your family and friends as well. But there is a recovery there. And there's a life there. A lot of it is down to you and your attitude. But one thing I will say, do not let it define you and do not let it defeat you. George's story was produced by Mark Vernon. 
His shoes are part of a growing collection of footwear hosted by the Empathy Museum's A Mile in My Shoes exhibition. The shoes and stories come from all over the world. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram to find out where we are going next. <laughs>